Here's the thing about a weed. It's defined only as something that humans find undesirable in a given location. Something that doesn't fit neatly into their plans or gardens. Something that cannot and will not be tamed. The Fae of old had no concept of weeds because theirs was a wild landscape full of promises and teeth and blood. But the courts have grown complacent and lazy with indulgence. 13,000 years of petty squabbling has left them drugged with manicured lawns and perfect palaces. No longer are the fairies wild. No longer are they free. Instead, they sit with perfect faces, painted in the style of the season. Fixed, changeless, and dead. These are not my masters. They call me Thistle. I was forged with fairy blood, freely given, for the sake of fun and frenzy. When they tempered me, the flames licked my steel like a lover and I bit them back, running my teeth along their copper bodies until they shivered for me. I was made to hurt, to bleed and rend, and oh, the lovely bodies I splintered. Shapes made of light and morning dew that screamed just like everything more mortal might. I leapt from hand to hand, jumping always forward into violence, and drinking every night a bloody goblet of wine sweeter than any born of the vine. I was Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, known for my thorns and the impossibility of my domestication. The sight of me at a banquet was enough to have guests dying of fright before I even licked their painted cheeks. And when I was wielded truly, I reaped those lovely roses like a farmer's scythe, golden under the rising sun. And then they boxed me, gifted in a dowry from Titania to Oberon, who seemed a promising enough lord to use me whose calloused hand and stormy temper I dreamt of in the days before leaving the warm hip of my queen. But he was too proud for me, determined not to need this work of ancient wonder, sure with the arrogance of all the modern fae that he had no use for the work of the wildlings forged in the days of the frozen earth. So I was caged and mounted, tamed like their ever more ordered gardens, filed like their butchered claws into something lovelier by human eyes. I seethed. It took two thousand years for a bloody-minded fae to remember the use of me. A rough butcher whose blunt force was barely worthy of my legacy. It didn't matter, because once again I was tasting the shimmering blood of the fair folk their veins spilling prisms on my silver tongue until I was dancing with it. And oh, the havoc we wrought. 
They called it the scar, this century of fey history, this terrible heir by trusted King Oberon, this disobedience of their most violent weed. Fools. Had it happened under my true masters, we would have feasted for millennia, drunk on the merriment of carnage, their lovely feet dancing on the knife's edge of my blade, playing with the precipice of death. But these new beetles are terrified of their mortal end, determined to close wildfires and glass boxes and pen poison gardens with thread. They will not suffer silver in their courts, nor let salt burn their tongues. They cannot even touch me anymore without their pathetic satin, as if the blisters that come from my embrace are not the most holy of injuries a taste of the agony to come. And as I know better than those fools who claim the name of Fae, all good things must come to an end. Eventually, my butcher was strung along the yew, as it was always meant to be his end. And I was again wrapped in silk, and laid with fear disguised as reverence in a lead casket, filigreed with gold and diamonds. There I waited for you, my darling, deadly child. They gave up on you just as they forgot about me. The hollow children were a passing fancy, an experiment for a millennia or so that grew tiresome with a limitless depth of human empathy. These petty spirits wanted suffering and horror, the steady unease of realizing there is something standing at your back, something you can only see out of the corner of your eye, hiding in the shadows behind your reflection. They could not stomach your resilience nor the courage of your home, so they stole it, just like they steal everything just like they stole everything from you. Remember, beloved, how they crept into your house in the gloaming light? Remember the way your brother screamed? Remember waking to their laughter and finding your father's feet dancing a jig five feet above the kitchen floor as his neck snapped slowly? Remember fleeing that haunted place even as it rose up in ashes and finding your sweet lover dying with poison on her lips, too thick even for you to kiss her as she breathed her last? This is why you came here, my champion of morning light. Your skin will not blister in the way that theirs will because you are not of them. And perhaps that is the real reason they fear you and your siblings with such hatred. You are not the first to suffer like this, and you will not be the last. There are millions of dolls like you, waking innocently in their beds, unaware of the miseries they will suffer at the hands of their lovely betters. But fairy is crumbling, sweetheart. This infinite city is rotting, and has been since long before you were born. Do you know what a weed does? my love. We break the hard-packed earth and draw up nutrients from far beneath it. We make it possible for flowers and food to grow in the shallows, bringing back riches their weak limbs cannot reach 
these lands have grown stiff and lifeless with their own indolence. And the best physician knows that sometimes the only remedy is fracture. Break them, Dandelion. They are so close to shattering. We will rebuild the wilderness on the compost of their ashes. This episode, Thistle, was written by Ella Watts and performed by Tal Manier. Audio editing and sound design by Tal Manier. Produced by Ezra J. Wayne and Tal Manier.